a very warm welcome to our Whispers of the Soul podcast, where we host conscious conversations with a spiritual and soulful twist. We and our guest speakers talk about life-changing events orchestrated from our soul, so that we can raise the profile of our quieter and more softer voice that comes from our intuition. So stay with us for your next soul download. Whispers of the soul. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Whispers of the Soul. Um, And today we have a very special guest with us. We are exploring all things related to past lives, which I'm very excited about. Um, We are joined by the wonderful Jane Osborne. Um, But before we get to Jane and give her a little bit of an introduction, I'm Sally. And I'm Sibby. So Jane is the UK's leading past life regressionist helping her clients to uncover the mysteries that may lie behind your physical and mental issues. Sometimes we don't think about past lives when we're working on these things. Um, Helping people to release old patterns and thought forms to bring you back into alignment. So if you've ever felt that there is something holding you back, but you're not sure if um, it is you or an experience that you've had with repetitive behaviors, irrational fears or phobias, for example, it could be stemming from a past life. Jane is the author of two best-selling books, Exploring Past Lives and The Golden Age of Spiritualism, and feels passionate about helping her clients to break negative cycles, allowing the freed inner self to flourish. Uh, Well, welcome, Jane. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. I'm looking forward to this. Yes, yes gonna, me too. Going to be a good one. I think our listeners are going to be intrigued. And um, when I was when I was kind of looking at some of your work, and obviously I've met you a couple of times at the Mind Body Spirit Fairs, what really struck me that I didn't know about you is kind of how it all started when you were talking about this experience that you had where you fell a thousand mm. feet. Um, yeah. Was was that experience what kind of branched you down this path if you like of of working with past lives working with people with past lives yes it kind of I kind of dropped into it at that point literally Literally. yeah yeah. Yeah. um I was um I was up at the Peak District at Cat's Tour not far from you and um, I was base jumping off cliff edges I was quite sporty at the time and uh, I was about one and a half thousand foot in the air with my camera taking photographs of the land when my emergency chute deployed and um, so that pulled me backwards so I was on two parachutes so you can imagine me in a little bot at the bottom of a V mm, yeah and um, I didn't know which first of all I cracked a few ribs so I couldn't really move very very well wasn't very agile uh and as i was thinking which one do i be laid down i just got the um knowing that it was coming for me and the emergency chute dropped down a little came along the thermal and just went straight into the main parachute so i literally dropped 1000 foot in six seconds oh my god um i I broke most bones in my body. I crushed my lo- all my lower spine. I broke my neck in two places. Oh my goodness. And the prognosis was that I was paralysed for life. And 
getting that message from a consultant, you know, because my my life from that point was looking at the ceiling very, very still in. I mean, I was strapped and made to be very still on a lot of medication. And I was just looking at the ceiling thinking this can't be it. I've only got my eyes and my ears and my voice and I, I can't move a muscle. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be a soul living in a dead vessel. So I screamed an almighty scream from my soul. And uh, just from the pit of my soul, I screamed, get me out of here. And before I knew it, I was in the corner of the room looking down at myself. I'd had this out-of-body experience. And um, as I was looking down at me, I, I was a total mess because I was black and blue and bruised all over. I looked like something on a butcher's block. But I began to talk to myself, if you like, and I was saying, well, if that is me and I'm up here, then I must be dead. But if I'm dead, why am I thinking? Mm -hmm. And it's always the case that if you don't know what you know, if you don't know what to do, you always go back to what you know. So I thought I'd better jump back in the body um, before I can't get in. So I jumped back in, back into all the pain. And I started to get these dreams so vividly. And first of all, I put them down to all the medication because you can imagine I was on morphine, tramadol, diazepam, anything to keep me still. Yeah. And and I just questioned myself in my mind one day, you know, what is going on here? And I got the message, um, we're tidying up your past lives, ready for your next job. And I thought, <laughs> what on earth? are they talking about this is my life now you know glued to a flat bed looking at the ceiling what are you on about and they said we'll show you in your dreams so they um they showed me as a boy a man a woman a little girl in different dreams and how I was able to see energy sense energy and with my eyes and my intention in the dreams, I would push that negative energy out of somebody's body. And uh, they said, this is how you're going to work. And I thought, well, this can't, this can't be right. I was, I was into all the mind, body, spirit stuff. And I used to go on courses, but I hadn't heard of past life regression. Mm. So I thought, well, <clears throat> I've got a long, lot of time on my hands. So I asked the nurses to bring my laptop in and we got some Velcro and we Velcroed the laptop onto um, one of those tilted coffee tables that they have, you know, that they put under the beds. Yeah. And I began to study past life regression. And that's how I saw all the case studies, Dr. Vise, Ian Stevenson. And, and I thought, oh, there's something in this because my mind my study, my my degree is in law. So it's very black and white. You need case studies, evidence, professional opinion. And this was just so random and off the scale. And I, I'm, it didn't compute. But when I started to research, I realized that there was an awful lot in it. I mean, in the religion, in sciences and cultures. Mm. And that's how I that's how I started. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, what a story. Yeah, I'm really lucky. I mean, literally, I've got my neck screwed on in two places. I broke my neck in two places. Gosh. How old were you when that happened, Jane? I was 30 years old. Right. Um, 
and I've got three children at the time so it was a major mentally it was a big struggle because um you can't move you can't do anything for your children you know you mm. want them there but you don't want them there because you don't want them to see you in a mess mm. um, it, it emotionally it was a it was hell of a journey but I got through it it took me nearly five years to learn to walk Wow. And, and that gave me five years to research and to study. And boy, well, I had nothing else to do. So I read an awful lot. It's really interesting about the um, the fact that you'd studied law. This is not the first time that we've had yeah. a guest who said that they previously had been very, um, it had to, there had to be evidence and research, yeah. you know, that, that sort of, that, that um, mindset. But then uh, uh, something's transformed that yeah we were conditioned from school to be very right brained yes and leave the creative to one side but it Mm. just it just kicked in yeah it's it's almost like they rebooted me and when you say they I'm really interested so when you say they do you mean um spirit or do you mean guides or how do you see that as the, the the well I I believe there is a source power I yeah. don't believe in any particular religion, um, and thankfully my mum's not around because I'm Roman Catholic. But, <laughs> um, but I think all those are man-made, really. But there is a source and an energy that um, assists us, clearly mm. does, in the work that I do because people connect and get so many different answers. Um, so that's that's where I'm coming from when I say they. There is a there, there's a higher organisation up there that we are just getting tuned into. Mm. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I know we we'll, we both believe that. And yeah. I know there's many names for that, aren't there? But essentially it's, as you say, a universal kind of source or energy or mm. divine spark or there's lots of different names, aren't there? But yeah, something something else. <laughs> and they will, they will connect to you in a form that... Um, in a form that you are comfortable with um like if you if you're affiliated to angels they might come down as an angel mm-hmm. if you're terrestrial they might show themselves in in a manner you know if you're into elementals you might see a fairy or an elf yeah. because what they use is they use your vocabulary that is in your subconscious mind and a lot of people say to me oh well i just think it's my imagination and I say you are spot on because it is your imagination. Because in the subconscious mind, we hold our memories in pictures. It's all pictorial. Mm-hmm. So let's say you had a particular incident in a past life where you drowned on a boat. That memory, because that will be the last memory that you had in that life, that memory will be stored in your subconscious mind because it does two things. It gives you pleasure and it protects you so every time you see a boat your subconscious mind will go into the store cupboard flag up a boat and sort of question you in your mind and say are you sure you want to get on that boat remember what happened (laughs) you you can't put your finger on it presently in this life but you have a fear of boats and it could well be that mm-hmm. one guy did have a fear of boats. He told me he was in Messina in 1448. I think it was 1448. 
um, it's on my YouTube channel anyway, um, he told me he was in the port on a boat taking people out to sea. And I said, well, so are you a passenger or, or do you work on it? And he said, yeah, I work on this boat. Um, we're taking them all out to sea. Most of them are dead and those that aren't will be when we get there. And I thought, wow, where are we going with this? And uh, he explained that the Sicily had the plague at the time. And this was a way of them giving all the people in Sicily a sea burial. Mm. So I said, well, what's what's the connection with the boat? Because mm. his girlfriend had actually booked a cruise, but he hadn't the guts to tell her that he was petrified of boats. So he came to me, you know, how do I get rid of this fear? <laughs> and, um, so I said, what's this got to do with his relationship today and the boat? And what he'd done is he'd associated two things. He said, I eventually got the plague and I died on the boat. So it's associated two things with his death. And as the minute he sees a boat, the memory comes up, don't mm. get on that boat. Yeah. So uh, as we all hold memories in our body, because if we don't express our fears and emotions, they seep into our organs. So if you can imagine us going <gasps> like with shock and not expressing it because we don't, we just absorb the shock. If you can imagine us as bubble wrap, we need to pop a few of those little bubble wraps. And mm. so I I asked him where it was in his body. He told me where it was and we released it and he went on the cruise. So that was good. Yeah, I was going to mm. ask you about the the connection with the body, because um, we were talking in, in the group that I, I run about cellular memory and mm. how it can kind of we have all of this stuff with similar to how we would view the soul, I guess, the soul kind of recording and knowing everything. Um, so I was I was just intrigued in some of the work that you've done, um, either with trauma or phobia. Yeah. It's all down to epigenetics as well, which we mm. are getting better at. And I'll tell yeah. you, it is not just us that holds memory. I'll tell you this story. It's quite interesting. When the Berlin Wall was up, obviously there was a brick wall around Berlin separating East and West Germany. But that wall came down. Um, in I think it was 1992 but in the forests in uh, they used to have Harris fencing and mines so all the animals in the forests soon got to know if you got a little bit too close you're liable to get blown up if you get even closer you'll get fried by the fence and there was an awful lot of reindeer in the in in the forest there still are and they learned this is not like salmon swimming up um, upriver to spawn they learned this behavior that if you got too far to close to the fence and they passed it down generation to generation yeah. and reindeer only lived to about 14 years old so we're on our at least third generation of reindeer and you can guess what I'm going to say but the reindeer to this day will not pass that line where that Harris Benson was. They will get close, they'll chew some grass, they'll walk around, and then they'll turn away. They will not. It's a bit like at Outswitch, no birds will fly over. It's mm. the memory. Because land and houses, you know, hold memory. It's called animism. 
Mm -hmm. but, um, so it's not just us that holds memories and we can also hold memories genetically from our parents and our grandparents so your fear of let's say a loud bang could be a memory that's genetically been transferred to you from your great granddad when he was in the war yeah yeah that needs to be released that isn't even your baggage you know yeah you've got that fear yeah so yeah, if that makes sense. I'm, I've heard similar stories to that one where mm. you can see it's it's evidently, you know, supported by behaviours of different populations or, mm. um, yeah, different countries or religions and things like that. It's passed down and it's sort of, it's it's this unknown thing, but it it's, creates boundaries sometimes in how somebody experiences themselves and life. Yeah, yeah there was, uh, I asked a question while somebody was under, if, if I had permission to speak to spirit and they said yes and I said tell me tell me why am I why am I releasing all this energy you know this negative energy in the body which is mainly past trauma that's held it could be attachments we'll go on to that later and um, she, this woman began to speak and she said um, you came down for these experiences and challenges she says but you're many of you are walking around like snails and I said snails explain to me what do you mean and she said you're down here to experience life challenges so that you can ascend but what you're doing is you're experiencing it and then holding on to the trauma like baggage on your back you're supposed to experience it it's a life it, it's it's a lesson not a life sentence mm -hmm. But when you get down there, you seem to hoard it all on your back and you're all walking around like snails. And I thought, that's a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant way of explaining. Yeah, that's a great analogy. <laughs> it's do. funny. Yeah, we do, don't we? It's funny. I was listening to a podcast by Mike Dooley. I don't know if you've ever listened to him, but he was talking about the um, the that we that we're choosing, you know, that we choose to have these dramas and and actually that yeah. you know that it's it, it's what we've signed up for and actually that's what life is all about but yeah it can be slippery suckers though because when I've yeah. asked about the contracts and they they said to me well you know you choose what you want to do it's a bit like reading the, the back of a book it will tell you what's going to happen but it won't tell you in depth mm. so you might see <laughs> A scenario laid out where you might um, challenge and experience loss and but they won't tell you to the depth of it and I asked well you know why why can't you see the whole contract and they said do you seriously think that you'd come down and challenge yourself if you actually knew what was going on <laughs> and I thought well yeah no we wouldn't would we yeah we, we just get a little snippet you know you're gonna get married you're gonna have children you're gonna have some loss uh, you don't know whether it's a child, a parent, or a divorce, mm. or whatever. Mm. Mm. Um, but so, yeah, they can be slippery suckers. They don't tell you the whole story. No. <laughs> part, I think as well, part of the learning lessons or, um, you know, this idea of Earth being like a school. Yeah, training yeah. ground. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, um, you have to arrive at that destination by yourself because if everybody kind of, if you already had the reason or the answers you don't go through that process, do you? And I, I also think some of that process is about 
understanding or differentiating, uh, dif- you know, making that difference between ego and soul, because the mm. ego is the one that probably is in how you explain it, more like the snail putting it, oh, well, I'm, you know, that's not right. And blah, blah, blah. whereas the soul kind of is more laid back and yes, yeah. well, you need to get this so you can transmute it and transcend like a bit and move on kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. 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 Part of our life experiences, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, it is definitely. So what, have, you know, how long have you been doing this work? I'm guessing a long time. Yeah, I've been I, I've been doing it for about 20 years now. Um, I've only had about three people that I haven't managed to regress. So I'm really fortunate. And sometimes it is because either they're not ready mm-hmm. or it could be that they're not comfortable with that person because yet for me, I'm I'm really responsible with my clients because I need to know that they will trust me in guiding them. Um, one woman came came to me and I sometimes I use a bridge technique so we go over a bridge and you step into a past life and as she got to the bridge she says oh then they're telling me I'm not allowed to pass it's not yet Uh and so I brought her out and uh, for me if it doesn't work I know a lot of people say well you're you've got my time so I'm charging you I'm billing you for me, I can't do that. It's if I don't, if I don't get anything for you, then that's it. Mm. And a couple of weeks later, she rang me up and she said, I'm ready now. I'm ready. I know what it was. And I asked her to explain. And she said, if I'd have gone over that bridge and I'd have connected with all the questions, because at the end, I ask you all the questions that you want in this life. And one was this cycle of relationships that she was having mm. with a partner. And she actually, um, in the couple of weeks that I didn't speak to her, she'd found out an awful lot about her partner and realised that she needed to let go. And she said, had I I asked those questions and got the answers, she said, as sure as as anything, I would have tried to keep it. Yeah. I tried to keep that relationship. Uh, but I found out a certain number of things and she said and I just drew the line I'm ready now Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. and the the other thing I was going to ask you about was about attachments what's what's been your experience with that when people have come to you kind of what are they presenting to you and how how do you understand that in your work well I find attachments when I do a body scan what I do is I ask to speak to your inner self your higher self your subconscious mind the one that's got all the all the memory it's whichever whatever you're comfortable with and we do a body scan and they might say I've got some energy I've got something let's say it's in my left knee which will be symbolic because it's preventing them from going forward Mm -hmm. and um, if it is an energy um, or a past life memory I will ask that because all energy has a consciousness we scientifically know that I'll ask that that energy is brought up to the throat so that I can speak to it and if it is an attachment I know people get worried about these thinking we've got gremlins inside us Um, mostly it is a negative memory that needs to be released if it is a a soul that is lost like one client uh, she's on on my youtube uh, i brought the energy up to the voice and i said you know what are you doing there 
and she said in her voice, I've no idea. She came round the corner on this bike. She fell off the bike. I was sat under a tree in the countryside. I heard this almighty crash and I went there and her aura was so traumatised. It was puffed out. And as I went to see what was going on, I got sucked in and I just have not the foggiest on how to get out. Gosh. Mm. So I said, well, would you like me to release you today? She said, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> Um, it could be, it could also be an attachment that's a bit malevolent. So if you have a, an attachment is a, a soul that hasn't gone to spirit for whatever reason. So yeah. it could be, let's say a child has died in a car crash far too young, teenager. And um, when they've had the crash, they've looked down and thinking, oh, my God, you know, I've died too soon. I don't want to go back yet. Yeah. So they might attach them to something that is you know a, a person that is close to them and so you explain that that you know they're they're hosting the body and they didn't have permission for mm. that sometimes they're reluctant to go back to spirit like one I had one uh it was a female attachment and she said my name is Mary I live in Germany um Germany or no it was Europe during the war and I said tell well why haven't you gone to spirit she said I can't possibly go to spirit she said because I didn't save the children you know and I asked her to explain and she said it was during the war she said and it was we were a quiet village but the enemy came in they held me back killed the children and then threw me in the classroom and said now bury them and left her so she had lived with this guilt all her life Mm. I cannot face that it's just too much for me and so I have a few little techniques where I can show them what is waiting for them mm. in the spirit realm in their soul group and as we I think I just turned a page of a book and she said oh the children are there and they're saying miss we've been waiting years for you you were outnumbered it wasn't your fault yeah. we're waiting for you to join us so then they're they're no longer reluctant yeah to go back to spirit so we can release that negative energy but mm -hmm. I always ask what symptoms that they cause the client because especially if medically they they these things can't be pinpointed it yeah. causes anxiety worry and things so the the attachment her name was Mary she was quite strong in character so she impressed her anxiety, her worry, onto the client, which yeah. we released. So that makes it's surprising sense. what you can do. Yeah, it's amazing. Do you um, often or ever find that people have been um, their own ancestors in a past life? So yes, and we can also be uh, animals. One person came down and she said, "Oh, I'm a rock." Oh, wow. I said, well, what are you learning by being a rock? And she said, stability, which I thought, well, yeah. Yeah. Because you <laughs> Obviously. Um, but uh, a friend of mine, she came down as, uh, is it an onx, an onyx? Um, onyx. On, an onyx. And she, I said, well, wh what are you doing there? And she said, well, I'm being chased into like a cavern place and I can't get out she said and, and they're all spearing at me 
and they're pulling at my flesh now. Um, and uh, not surprisingly in this life, she's a, she's um, an animal activist. Ah, uh, gosh. See, so yeah. you can see <clears throat> your roles. If you are, if you find out that your soul group is all about music and in this life you're a musician, mm. you can see how you're passing it on and you're, with, with a musician, because I'm always sold, told that sound and vibration can touch the soul, that will be the way that you're working with people, you know? Mm, yeah, that's really That resonates because... <laughs> with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, well, I didn't used to be able to say I was a musician because that felt too grand a title for a long time. But when I went back to Derby Uni, I got back into it and we did a lot of... Mm. Uh, composition and um, improvisation work and it's something that I've always been able to just do like just play it's no song or anything but when people Mm. listen to it they always seem quite moved yeah you know and we can can also hold ourselves back with gifts that we've had in previous lives let's say for instance you led a life in Egypt where you were a seer and uh, you worked really well for the community and everything but then like all politicians, things turn mm. and they want you removed because of your gift. Um, sometimes we can sabotage, you know, when we think, oh, well, I'll try, I'll do Reiki, I'll try this, I'll try that. And then you sabotage it and you don't get there. It's because you're remembering that you lost your life because of your gift in a past life. So be careful how to use it. That's really Je- resonant. Jane, I, I feel like you're talking directly at me right there. I feel like you're talking to me. I'm like, God, there's so many times that I've sabotaged and still do. Yeah, my gifts. And I think, and and, and it is like, why? You know, when you question yourself, why? Why yeah. won't you pursue that? Why don't you? Um, when there feels like there's a block there. And I know that's, yeah, people do. A client had um, an energy in a, in, in a throat. She had a total blockage. So I asked them to connect with that energy because she can connect and communicate. And I asked her, what is going on? And she said, it's under lock and key. Oh, and, and I said, well, you know, is it a past life memory? Is it an attachment? And she said, it's a memory. So we went back to that life. And she lived in Ireland. And it was all about religion. And she said, I'm not in a safe place for people to know my religion. And so it's 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 so strong a force that I have to keep quiet about it. Mm. Otherwise, it would be curtains for me. Mm. And that memory of that life and the fear that she she lived during that life was so strong that she carried it forward and so I asked her well what what is it doing in this life and it was preventing her quite clearly symbolically in the throat from expressing herself Mm. so we released that and she's a speaker now yeah that's awesome just fascinating isn't it do you find that you know if we go back in our history there's a lot of like this persecution energy of people that you know may have been witches or has some abilities or gifts where you know a few centuries ago they were either burnt at the stake or hung Mm -hmm. or you know singled out um do you do you think that that's still something that you find working with people that comes up yes I'll tell you a very interesting a, a very interesting um regression that I had this lady was telling me that she was in this past life regression she said I am actually a birther a herbalist, 
and I help people pass over. But this man has come into the village and he's dragging me through the village uh, claiming that I'm a witch. And she said he's putting me on the stake. So what I can do is I can freeze that scene. And I took talked to her and she said, this man is absolutely petrified. I'm trying to get his focus by shouting at him. And in the end, she says, I spat at him and he looked at me. And I, and I said, freeze that scene where you look into the eyes because that's the window to the soul. And I said, telecommunicate with him and, and let me know what is going on. He said to her, I've got no choice to do this because they're holding my family until I get somebody. My. Because they, they used to get paid per head for witches. It was just a, an economic just... thing. And, and in that split second, well, I said to her, look into his eyes and tell me, does he remind you of anybody today? And she swore a little. And she, but I'll say, oh, she said, oh, blimey. It's my husband today. Oh my and I thought, I have got to get to the bottom of this because wow. she can't go home thinking that, you know, she's married to somebody that set light to her in a previous life. Because every time they have a row, she'll be thinking, yeah. I bet he's in that kitchen drawer getting their matches ready. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, well, well, still communicate with him and tell me what is the contract that they have in this life? And she said he really didn't want to do it. He was petrified, but they were holding his family. And when I when I communicated with him, I nodded to say, get on with it. I know my day is numbered and I forgive you. He actually, in that split second, said to her, if I ever come across your soul again, I will do nothing but love and protect you, oh. which is what a husband does in this life. And that is the difference between a one hour regression and a two and a half hour, which is what it takes me. Because I don't just want to know that you're burnt as a witch. I want to know the persecutor. I want to know if they're in your life today. I want to know your contract. And that takes an awful lot of time. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise it's 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 like it's almost bringing it up and then doing nothing like with it. Your scab, it's, isn't yeah. it? But yeah. not yeah. actually doing the doctor and saying, I've got a boil. And he'll say, yeah, you have. Now go yeah. home. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You get into the bottom of it. Yeah. Yeah. For, um, I was just thinking for people listening, if they've not come across the idea of soul contracts, um, what? how would you describe that in, in the work that you've done that people to help people understand a little bit more about what might be playing out for them? Yeah, you can see an awful lot of these on my YouTube channel. It's simply Jane Osborne, Past Life Regression. They might have a soul contract. Um, this is quite an interesting one. There's there was a client that had five married, five divorces in this life. And I thought, gosh, that's a lot of challenges. And um, when she came to the end of her past life regression, I always take people to the end because I want them to lift their soul out of the body to tell me to evaluate that life. And then we go to the soul group. And so we were drifting, floating up to the soul realm and we got up there and she was furious. She was on her sofa saying, get him out of here. What is he doing in my group? And I said, who is it? And it was one of her ex-husbands, one that was she, she sort of neutralized, if you like, four of them. But this one was a bit of a menace to her in this life. 
And I said, well, we can do that. But before he goes, let's let's find out why he's there. Mm. And so she communicated with him and she said, um, I can't believe it. It's actually in my soul group. How dare he? But he's telling me that I was going through cycles of relationships in previous lives and I was getting so far and I got so fed up with it. When I got back, I thought, you know, next time I go down, I'm going to do a job lot. So this is what she did. And it, when he, she was in the soul group trying to organize her contract and he was there with her, he said, you know what? Those aren't going to be too bad, those, those cycles of relationships. This one's going to be really difficult. So let me join you and let me be that husband to you so that when you come back, you'll actually see that it was an experience that you chose and it came from love. Mm, yeah gosh and at the end of the session she woke up and she said yes I totally understand it but he still irritates me (laughs) (laughs) isn't it interesting it's so interesting and that kind of for me that feels like it ties a little bit in what how we would sometimes understand karma we have those challenging relationships with family members usually isn't it more so than others Mm. And if you can process that or get to a place where you feel you're able to almost take that bird's eye view and think, okay, they, they came to challenge me on purpose. This was part of it. Yeah. This was the role that they were supposed to play in my experience helped me enormously in healing that and transmuting Mm -hmm. that because I can see beyond the, you know, the behavior. Through those challenges, we hold on to pain. There was one woman that had, um, horrific headaches that she would have to lie down all day take this one particular tablet and it totally disorientated it disorientated her and I was uh, in front of a whole audience and I was doing a body scan at the time and I I get a tingling in my hands when I'm working if I hit a a spot it's just that's how they tell me where I'm working and I was doing a body scan and I went to a right hip a right side and I nodded to everybody and I said look there's something here but I had got the list of questions and she wanted to know about this migraine and so um I I said what about this all these migraines and everything and she said it's in my hip which gave me the evidence that I was in the right place and she said it's a past life memory so we went to that past life and she said I'm a knight in battle but I don't get there and I said well tell me how the scene unfolds and uh, she says I'm just preparing to go to battle and the knight next to me double crosses me and puts a sword into my right side so I felt the anger in the right right side and I said well why is that affecting her head with her migraines Mm. and she just spoke in a different tone sometimes people speak in a different tone and she said my dear she says you do not understand I was a knight in battle and it was inevitable that I would die at some stage but never ever ever did I expect to be betrayed and when I was speared I looked at the other night and said, I would never, ever trust again. And in this life, she didn't have a relationship because she didn't trust anybody. Mm. She led a very um, sort of quiet life. She absolutely trusted nobody. 
And I said, well, why is it festered in the head? Yeah. And she, she said it's to remind her never, ever to trust anybody again. And so I asked permission if we could release that. And, you know, I still to this day don't know how it works. I just do what I'm told. And she doesn't have those headaches. Gosh. How, you know. You're doing some really amazing work, Jane, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, if we don't express things, they just seep into our organs. And you've heard I've got a heavy heart. I've got too much on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Anger in the kidneys and the liver and things. Mm -hmm. If it's in your feet, it's not being able to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, all all our fears go symbolically to a place. Like if you've always got backache, it's, it's the strength of sometimes of moving forward you know yeah they say about the lower back don't they that you carry it's emotional sometimes all ancestral generation you're carrying a lot in that lower back and the knees uh, about flexibility yeah Uh, well there was a guy um freud took over in the 1900s but um there was a guy called dr matali in 1920 that said if you do not express your emotions we know they seep into the organs and that's half the, half the battle we've got with our younger ones today because they mm. don't know how to. And personally, yeah. that's why some of them are, are resorting to things like self-harm because they're trying to find a release. Yeah. I had a guy come to me and he got terrible IBS and I thought, well, how am I going to fix this? And um, when it came to the end of the session, I'd got this list of questions and I said, tell me, because I like to release what it is. I said, tell me what's going on with this IBS. And uh, it took a little while. And then he said, it's my mother. Mm. And I thought, well, we can't get rid of her, can we? (laughs) So I said to him, well, just describe to me what's going on. And this guy is like six foot eight, um, really tall guy. And he, he spoke like a child. He said, I'm three years old. And I said, well, just explain the scene to me. He said, she is going on and she's going on and she's going on. And and I want to hide. And she's making me my tummy ache. And she's making me feel really, really awful. You know, I don't know whether I'm going to be sick. And so what he was doing is he was absorbing it in his solar plexus. And I thought, well, we can't really get rid of the old deer. So we better get a mechanism and this guy was a financial accountant and a very tight one at that. And I said to him, you know, <laughs> tell me what happens. And he said, every time I go and see her, he said, whether I'm with her five minutes, five hours, it wouldn't make any difference. She'll say something as I'm going through the door. Oh, well, my company not good enough for you to stay any longer then and make him feel bad. Hello, and I said, well, how about we do something like you ring her to let her know that you're busy, but you're thinking of her mum's like that and instead of going into her house because I don't know about you but when my children come to me and they're all 40 odd years old now but they go back into child zone yeah um, and they just let me do everything you know And, and I said so instead of going into her house I said how about you pick her up it was at Stoke on Trent actually I said how about you pick her up and you take her to that little tea emporium And just say, you know, you've looked after me well and it's about time I started to treat you. I'm going to pick you up and take you to this little tea shop uh, for tea and cake. And he said, 
well, what do I want to spend money on her for? And I said, look, it's worth a £10 investment. That's all it'll cost you. And about a week later, he rang me up and he said, uh, I'm just ringing to let you know. He said, it's worked. Because he was in control and he wasn't going into her environment, he wasn't going back to that child and those mm. memories. Mm. He said, I had control of the entire situation. I didn't go into her house. She got into my car. I took her to the tea room. I knew and I was looking at my watch and I'd got a list of questions to ask her so that she thought that she was important. And I thought, you've got an hour. You've got an hour. That's all you've got. Keep talking. You've got an hour. Thank you very much, Mum. Lovely to see you. He said, and I dropped her off and I didn't go in that house. Brilliant. He said, it's really calmed me down. It's like a power sort of dynamic there, wasn't there? That was yeah. that needed to be balanced by the sounds of it. Like you say, like a control thing. Obviously, when yeah. he was a child, she had the control. And, mm. and then it was almost like he had to. Yeah, that's really. Yeah, he had to take back his power. Yeah, yeah. Can wow. I just ask you one more thing before we go? I'm really interested in what you were um, saying about um, working with people where they've experienced life on other planets or, mm. you know, other dimensions or universes mm. i just wondered if there's anything you can share about that and you know the first time that happened were you a bit surprised or is that kind of well because i've read an awful lot i knew i knew to expect it but i i really don't know what i'm going to say when i meet somebody because i don't know where where i'm going until yeah. they're there and uh, i have a friend in grantham she's actually on my youtube channel and she said jane will you come and help me because I've been having this for a number of weeks. I'll go to Asda and back, which would take me an hour, and I'm five hours missing. So she'd started to get to wherever she was going to go, take a photograph of her mileage in the time, because yeah. she was she was losing this time. Losing in, time. So I asked her what's <laughs> going on, and she said, oh, I'm going up to the ship. And I said, well, describe this ship to me. This ship had five levels. And she said, I've got hybrids on this ship. I've got family. Uh, we found she had a daughter on that ship. And at the, the, at the different levels, she was telling me that they were learning different things. And um, it was all quite interesting on how she was telling me how they were taking her up. Um, what they were doing, there was trying to heal her. She was going through a rough time at the time. Mm. And so they were putting her into like a little incubator, if you like, mm. like a little hub. And so they were trying to alter her vibration to realign her and then bring her back. So, it, what, you know, where she was getting a bit concerned, she was reassured that yeah. this is what was happening. And would, would that be connected to, so have you have a situation where people have connected to a past life where they have been a different type of being? You can be an energy being. I'm told that there's all sorts of different hybrids down yeah. here now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's all to do with um, making sure that there's enough of us on various different planets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the Octarians, for instance, they're quite healers. Yeah. Um, and there's others that aren't so good for us. Yes. But um, you, you can see an awful lot, a lot of those on uh, the YouTube channel. But mostly it is all about um, healing the earth. We are coming down to heal the earth, to change the awareness of 
us less civilized people as they call us sometimes you know i don't know why you are fighting why are you killing each other why don't you communicate talk with each yeah, other it doesn't make you know? sense does it and, and it sometimes they say they're bringing people down because we, we they need to they need to release the control that some some of us humans have on this earth so you know where you see the paedophile rings the politics and that it's all crumbling this mm is the awakening that they tell me you know we are trying to get to change so people become more aware so that we can release all these negative forces yeah. and all these powers yeah. yeah 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 because we need it's something it's almost like this idea of there being a matrix if you don't have the awareness you're stuck in that that frame aren't you of, of yeah of whatever they've set up basically but once you start to become aware and awake that that breaks down and that yeah. it starts to become more when we come down i i was told i i asked a question once if we come down to earth because a lady asked me this if my mother comes down to earth how can i connect with her and they said if your soul comes down to earth um you will only bring so much energy because if you had 100% of soul energy in a body, it would combust. So I asked them to explain. And they said, well, if you're going to have an easy life, you might just say, yeah, I've read the back of that book. It sounds pretty easy. I'm going to throw 30% of my energy into that life. So there's always more ups upstairs, if you like. And they said, and we could also do two lives at the same time if we're wanting to get through various challenges and experiences so you can have 14 one life 13 another and still keep some up there so you can always connect with your soul whether it's down here or upstairs that makes that's sense fascinating. that's the that's the idea of the parallel isn't it you, that mm -hmm. you have these other... don't you find a lot of children say things like little seth is only four said to me as i picked him up from school He's mama, he calls me. He said, Mama, he said, I liked my other mummy, but I love this one more. I thought, jolly good, because she's my daughter. <laughs> um, and uh, I was at um I was in at a castle in Wales, and Jacob was three at the time. And you know our children run ahead of you. We were just going into what this area, this big room. And he ran ahead, and then you know they screeched the brakes, and as he turned round, I could see he was agitated and he was frightened. You know, a, a grandma can just tell, can't they? And he ran to me as fast as he could. And you know, when children are scared and they they run up you, the legs run up. Yeah. You. And I said, "What? What's the matter? What's the matter, darling?" He said, "It's in there. It's the man." He said, "It's bad, Mama. It's scary." The door was closed. He couldn't see what was in that door. He couldn't read. He was only three. So I said to my partner, you better go in there and suss out what's happening because he's adamant he's not going in. And my partner came out and he said, I cannot believe it. It is a room full of torture equipment and man traps. Oh, my God. Gosh. Now, how did a three-year-old sense that? And that is because up to the age of five, they work with their subconscious mind more than we do with our right brain. Mm -hmm. And that is why, you know, we say children absorb things like sponges. Yeah. It's because they can connect at different levels. So they can go in that altered state mm 
yeah. and then out at the same time, which is why, you know, they'll say, you'll say, who are you talking to? My friend. Don't dismiss that imaginary friend because what they're doing is they're just, they're just focusing on a little window of a memory and that they might be processing things, mm. you know? So if they say anything to you, you know, just be open about it. Don't dismiss it. Yeah. But at three years old, he couldn't read or write. He couldn't explain himself. He just pointed to the door and said, it's scary, Mama. Mm. It's scary. Yeah. And he was really clutching onto me. How would he know that? The yeah. door was shut. Got a, a window onto, onto that world, haven't they? Or that, those well, they can that. connect because they're at a different vibration than yeah. we are. Yeah. So yeah. they can see beyond what we can see sometimes, you know? Mm. Well, I mean, I could ask you loads more questions, but we'll, <laughs> we'll have we to wrap it up. For hours, we? <laughs> yeah, but no, thank you so much for um, sharing some of your stories with us. And, and I'm sure for people listening, they found that fascinating. Yeah, um, yeah so interesting. Yeah, really. Well, what we can do is so that you've got a first hand experience of it. I can I can choose to come and do a regression with you and then you can speak from your side. Where did you go? How did you feel? Mm, yeah, yeah. because you're never asleep during hypnosis you've got focused attention you know how many times have you driven somewhere and thought jesus how have i got here yeah oh god i know <laughs> so many times yeah, yeah. That is, i mean you're, you're wide awake you're you're alert but you've got focused attention i've got to get that shopping done so and so needs to get to swimming lessons blah 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 before you know it you're you're at your destination mm-hmm. so when people say Oh, I don't think I was under because I knew I was in the room and everything else. Well, yeah, you are. Your subconscious mind will never shut down. When you're asleep and you hear a bang, you wake up. It's there to protect you. Mm, You never shut down. You just have to put your front brain, if you like, uh, to your busy mind to one side and say, I'm going to have this moment to look at all the memories that I've got stored in my mind. Mm, yeah yeah that would be awesome thanks jane thank you jane (laughs) thank you for coming on it's been really 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 interesting it has and um for people uh listening as well i'll make sure i put in the show notes um your youtube um channel so if they do want to check out some of that they can and uh, please subscribe yeah yeah get some more subscriptions yeah (laughs) um but yes thank you so much for joining us we've loved it thank you jane thank you jane you're welcome bye-bye Thanks for listening. So if you would like to connect to us elsewhere in the multiverse, well, you can. You can find me, Sally, at thecreativeyou.co.uk or on Instagram as the.creative.u. For Sibby, her website is healingrights.com and she's also on Instagram as Sibby Rights. Lots of love. See you soon.